Diddle-a-dum-dum, British Strongman Podcast. Today I want to talk about how we can program events that are uh, hard to measure. So we all know how to measure progressive overload on our deadlifts, our squats, our overhead, and when we can add in the, the little increments of weight. Um, and we, we, we usually uh, use uh, intensity volume in terms of sets and reps we usually manipulate these variables and it gives us plenty to see measurable and quantifiable progression but i think where a lot of people get put off with measuring progress and training for specific strongman events is they don't know how to how to make it progressive what do you think shane yeah well there's loads of different ways to progress, isn't there? And a lot of people limit themselves by, like you say, just doing the, the those ones that you just mentioned there. Even something as simple as, I think you actually posted this a couple of weeks ago uh, about the, um, I think you've been doing cyclist squats or something and um, they were hurting your knees. And you mentioned that over a few weeks that although the rep sets volume frequency hadn't changed you were happy because you were no longer feeling any pain so that's another way where you can uh, measure progress um, and also the events specifically talking about events they're so skill-based and you can break down a certain event into like a couple of different sections of skill so you can then hone in on one specific section of it. Like, for example, the stone load, if you were, you know, kept pulling it into your chest, for example, and it was, you know, you were good at lapping it, but the load, you put it too high on your chest. A progression method could be just the skill progression of making sure that the stone lands in the same place every time. And even if that doesn't necessarily transfer over to more weight instantly, you've still progressed within you know, a couple of weeks of practice and eventually the weight will, you know, start to show itself. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Let, let, let's talk about stone um, because that that's, um, there's many people who train train at the gym, they'll maybe, tr maybe train events once a week or whatever and they might have, um, and if they go to a gym where the kind of strongman equipment's a bit of an afterthought and they've got like two dusty stones that are outside to, to uh, pick from they've got like a big 140 that no one's ever moved and they've got like a, a hundred 105 kilo stone that they can that they can do confidently but it's maybe a little bit light what kind of um whereas a lot of pe a lot of people will take the approach of right well the 140 is too heavy i'll go with the 105 uh, and they'll just have a bit of a piss about one session and then that'll be the training Whereas uh, let, let's let's write a little um, hypothetical four-week block for somebody who has got just an access to a to a to a hundred hundred and five kilo stone. Um, so not the uh, so they've got the one one hundred five, but not the one forty. Yeah, it might, it, well, imagine the yeah they've just got access to to one stone. They could probably do it for a set of five if they're really pushing it. They pro probably this stone is like their five rep max, let's say, if they were doing a 60 seconds over a 40, 48 inch yoke. 
let's uh, throw some progressions out there that they can do and uh, little different things that they can that they can focus on to give people ideas. And by the way, this is um, like me and Shane are just going to come up with loads of random stuff here that and just give you loads of different variables that you can that you can give for for different blocks of training. So I'll take I'll take it away. So. So basically we, we could do like a four week progression. You could do something like say, right, we've established that it's about my five rep max. So if I can do, if I do doubles with the stone to accumulate a look like a decent amount of volume over the session, I could do five, five or six doubles or something. Um, so option one, you could do right week one. I'm going to do four sets of two week two. I'm going to do five sets of two week three, six sets of two week four, Seven sets of two. Another variation, another progression thing you could do if you wanted to keep the the sets and the the reps the same. If you wanted to just do right, well, I've got fifteen minutes at the end of my deadlift session to get a little bit of stone working. So I don't I don't really have time to do many more than four sets of two. So what you could do is week one you can go four sets of two to forty eight inches. Then week week two you could go. Four, four sets of two to 54 inches week three you could go to 57 58 inches week four you could go you could test your height max and you could say right build up in height stack a stack a load of plates or a load of blocks on top of each other and uh, do your four sets of two but accum- like finish on a finish on a height two rep pb there, there's two, two little uh, four-week blocks there that anybody can plug in with just... Um, so you, you, give, you give us an example, Shane. What would you... Well, I'll stretch it to like six weeks. So like yeah. six-weekers. So what I'd always do is have, I'd have to set the goal at the start as well so that I knew what my outcome wanted to be. So I would do... If, they, if they've loaded it for five... You know, depending on how it looks, I would say, even if you went for a set of six or a set of seven or eight or something in six weeks, that would be my goal. I'd be thinking to myself, I want to do better than I did last time. Yeah. So I would do, I'd break it down. So week one, we'd work on like the lap as a focus. So two laps, one load, every minute on the minute, for 10 minutes so that's the reason why i chose that is five rep max one one load every 10 minutes is 10 reps so you're kind of done 10 10 reps with the volume of your five rep max week after week two focus more on the load so one lap one extension one load similar thing every minute 10 minutes or you could even do every 90 seconds there or probably straight to and then you've doubled your loading volume there you've gone for uh kind of 20 total reps loaded well not technically loaded because half of them's an extension but you're getting that 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 practice in loading and then week three i would probably do a couple of sets of three like three by three by three five by three something like that getting closer to repping near that five rep max Week four, I would pick a weakness. So if I thought my lap or the load was the weakness, I would do a similar session to whichever one, you know, session one, we did the lap, session two, did the extension. So week four, I will be making sure to do uh, a weakness kind of 
uh, weakness week. Week five, I'll do something like I'll play golf for two sets of five because I'd be hoping by this time that it's not a five at max. So I'll do two sets of five loading. And then the week after, I'll do an AMRAP, one set of AMRAP. That is some random undulating that I would just come up with off the top of my head. Yeah, and you know what, mate? Listening to that, I just think it's fucking absolutely brilliant. And that's why, that's why I, I love like talking about the shit on here because we can just bounce ideas off each other. And um, and like all of a sudden, like somebody listening to this who can relate to this kind of scenario where they've only really got one kind of stone that they can kind of work with. Um, like I, I've got I've got clients who are training stone at the minute, for instance, and they might have like a hundred and then a one twenty, and they're like the hundred they can get loads of volume and practicing, but the one twenty is like costing them the they might do what one or two reps at that in the 20, 30 minutes that they're doing stone. So it's like very costly in terms of um, like what you, what you're actually doing in your training time. So just get, just, just throwing some idea, throw, throwing ideas around there. There's so many, so many variables that we can progress. And, and what you can do is um, I think a big problem that I see when people are training these kind of like, these scenarios where which are maybe a bit hard to harder to measure it and people are just doing like say a random kind of event session every so often is people tend to max people tend to max out and um and it's just just costing you like potential progression i think if you're if you're randomly doing something every so often and you're just maxing it you're not, you're not really going to get much progression out of it. And I know some people who, who follow me train will think, fuck me, you max every week on loads of different things. But the things that I max every week, say I do like say a max effort set of deadlifts on Monday or whatever, I'll also do a shitload of skill volume and I'll, and like other kind of work at different intensities at different parts of the week. Um, so anything that I max on, I'll be doing loads of graft on at different at different points so ch um ch changing over to to say something like say a grip hold like a hercules hold for instance if someone's training training a hercules hold um as an example of an event um like i i think what what quite quite a few people seem to do is like make an effort to go to the gym where they can train the Hercules hold like before the comp, do this kind of maxing it kind of approach to to training it. Whereas whereas I think what they'll be what what you what you could be better doing in training for a Hercules hold is doing stuff like say say other grip holds, you know, like a like a frame hold for for instance, and uh, and actually cycling intensities in there. So um so instead of just going like say for a max effort set anyway i'm just fucking rambling here shame you chip in with something here mate no no i know what you mean but i think people make the mistake of is they don't track stuff like uh yeah on a hercules hold obviously you don't have a three max five max an eight max a ten max but you can have a 20 second pb a 30 second pb a 45 second PB, yeah, exactly and you can uh, chip away at all these things and rotate them weekly because it's better as well. Because if you have a Hercules hold and a comp, and obviously if you don't have a Hercules hold to train, what you do is you just pick the closest setup 
to the Hercules hold and just forget that it's not and just progress. Yeah, get on like a kind of continuum or pathway where you're actually seeing some progression with with the thing with a thing that's going to have some transferability to it. It doesn't need to be that, does it? It could be like a a frame hold. It could be. Yeah, because what you could do is well, what, well, what I would do if it was me, if I had a Hercules hold in a comp, say, of ten weeks, yeah, I'd probably try to go to the comp equipment, um, week one or two or something, and I'd use that session as like um to get like some ballpark figures. So I'd do like how how much can I hold for thirty seconds? How much can I hold for sixty or forty five? And I'd just write some numbers down as to where I'm starting. Yeah. And then I'd probably pop for me, if it was me, I'd just do farmer's hold or something. And I would pop uh, four to six weeks out of graft on that. Then probably three to four weeks out from the comp, I might go back and just check to see that I've made progress on the specific event. Um, if I hadn't, I'd be like, right, maybe I need to be more specific and drive to this Hercules hold. But it's everything transfers over, so you, you'd be very rare to be in that situation. Usually you'll see loads of improvements and you'd be like, right, now I know if I add 10, 15 seconds to this farmer's hold here, you know, it carries over to 10 seconds on the Hercules hold, so I kind of know where I'm at now. And then uh, in the future, you've got, this information as well to take forward so you won't have to do the the traveling stuff in the future if you felt confident that it was going to carry over but um, you've got to remember that you you with hercules hold the most common thing people do is they put on comp weight and they just hold it yeah and then they try it again and again and again and it's like well let's find out what comp weight is find out how long you can hold it for and if it's like 20 seconds then you need to be working in the kind of 30 to 40 second range to make sure that you're going to improve into that on the Hercules hold. So then I would cater my farmer's hold to be more around that kind of, that kind of time scale. Yeah. So I think a thing that I think thing that I like with the uh, kind of programming or peaking for a, say peaking for a Hercules hold, for instance, like I, I'm, I'm like a, a massive fan of frequency Um so I'd be like, if I if I was like six weeks out from a from a comp with Hercules, and I'd want to be doing that three times a week, but I wouldn't want to be do, like to do it three times a week. It wouldn't be three hard sessions going for a similar similar kind of uh, thing, if you will. Um, so what what would be? Um, so Hicksy's got a new Hercules hold at the at the gym, and I was talking to him about it yesterday, and I gave him an example. And he was just like testing it and he did like whatever it was level 60 and it was we did like 60 seconds ish or whatever and um and i said to him i said instead of just trying to progress that each like every week going to do what one one max effort set i said now you've got that data like like undulate it a little bit and and do like say if you've established you can do at that level you can do 60 seconds and it's kind of max effort could you do two to three sets of 45 seconds at that weight one week could you go a little bit heavier than that but just cut it down to 20 seconds and then do more sets so say it's level 60 could we go up to level 80 week like session two but just do do 20 seconds or so 
but do 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 a few more sets. Could you could you on your next session go a little bit he like heavier than that and just do just do ten seconds, but do do five or six sets, um, and then the next session you're back to the. The, the um, just wait there, Shane. Sorry. So the good thing about undulating your um, Hercules hold as well is sometimes if you don't get a chance to practice in uh, the competition, you don't know what kind of time frame you're looking at for a good place. So. Change, you know, changing the weights and going heavy and a bit lighter for long means that when you hold the Hercules hold for the first time in the comp, if you didn't have the luxury of training, then at least you're like prepared for some where I was training this Hercules hold for, uh, I just assumed it was going to be like 45 to six seconds. So in training, everything I was doing was kind of over 30 seconds. And then when they let the weight into my hands, I was like, oh shit, like this is going to be about 20 seconds because it was a lot heavier than uh, I expected. And the winning time in that comp was, I remember, it was something like 40 seconds. And that was somebody who, you know, was expected to win that event. And most people around the mark because uh, it was just really heavy. But I'd been training 45 to 60 second holds and it just didn't carry over at all. If anything, it yeah. made my hands probably probably would have got a similar time if I didn't even train it to be honest with you yeah so so I, I think what's good about undulating intensities like that or undulating like I suppose it, I suppose basically undulating intensity is, is like kind of a posh way of just saying like I look at it like this if, you, if you're training some something any exercise or any event three times a week right you can't go heavy can you you can't go heavy three or if you are going heavy three times like you're going to get to the point where you plateau very quickly in my opinion you're just going to accumulate so much fatigue so basically i i think in my head right if i'm training something three times a week which i do most things anyway at least three most of my main exercises i'll think right well one hard one medium and one easy and i just think that is such a simplistic way for people to have a look at look at their own program Instead of every, every time you train exercise X, it has to be like you're trying to get a linear progression on your hard session. You're just going to, you know, you know, like say if you're just do, you're doing a Hercules hold and you're adding, say, right, I want to add an, an extra two seconds on that for every week. Like you, you're soon going to get to the point where you're fucking really disappointed. Whereas if you say, right, well, I'm going to do that for my hard session, but I'm, I'm going to come back. I'm going to try and get my two second progression on my 55 seconds max effort set. I'm going to try and I'm going to get that in three sessions in four sessions time, because the next time I train that I'm going to have had an extra medium session at say, if you're doing the Hercules where I'm, I'm doing some like kind of pretty easy sets of 30 to 40 seconds where I'm, uh, just just accumulating volume with the, the weight in my hands and stuff like that. And then you might have like, say, an extra session that's like, say, it might be six sets of 20 seconds that's piss easy, where you're actually just playing around with different technique. You're trying to hold the, the 
you're trying to hold it differently in your hands. You're trying to open it up, open your fingers up a little bit. You're trying to close, close your fist a little bit. You're trying to separate your different hand positions and stuff like that. Whereas if you're just doing the kind of hard session and trying to linearly progress for your comp, um, you soon, you might get to the point where you're, you're three weeks into that and then you're fatigued from something else. You might, your hands might be sore from deadlift or something like that. And then you come in and then you don't get your two seconds progression. And then you're feeling like, Oh, your session, Oh God, I'm not progressing on this. Whereas actually if you have like basically these kind of undulating or different intensities to work at, then you're just going to be able to mink milk like kind of linear progression on these for, for longer, in my opinion. I'm a massive fan of that, by the way, Shane, for like all kinds of all kinds of training. Yeah, well, it works on, uh, especially when stuff like, when you've got to manage recovery on certain things, like certain events just uh, heavy, aren't they? Uh, yeah. And when you do, like, say you do an easy yoke session, um, that would be the time when most people would probably just skip it and, and take the rest. But if you do the easy yoke session, like you say, you're getting the frequency in, you, you can, as long as you think, because it's like you don't want to be like a big mongo about it and just do your yoke run up and down because then you don't get anything out of it really. But thinking and learning and playing with hand position and foot position and start position and thinking about your strides and your stride length and all this stuff, you can come away from that easy yoke session thinking, fuck me, I feel like I've really clicked with it going to my heavy session whereas if you just went through the motions yeah then you're just spinning your wheels you're not you're not you're not going to progress anywhere like that on, on those easier days well yeah that's it well let, let, let's use the yoke as a little example of how you can uh, undulate the undulate the training and this this could be this could be in one week right this is how you could train yoke three times in a week if you need to bring your yoke up for your comp Here's an example of how you can do it, right? Say, for instance, you're training for a 300 yoke for 20 meters at, at your next comp, right? Your max effort, your, your hard session could be three sets of three sets of 20 meters at 270. Time each set and, um, and trying to keep the times around the same time. What you could do a couple of days later, you could do for your easy session, almost like a recovery thing, you could do something like, say, 10 sets of 10 meters EMOM with 150, where you're focusing on different different hand widths, starting with your feet in a in different stances, different, different, different widths. You're trying to um you're trying to you use different footwork patterns, shorter strides, longer strides, and stuff, because you can iron out iron that out in the speed session. Yeah, and on the 10 meter runs, they're brilliant for uh, teaching you to start fast because a lot of people take the first 10 meters to get up to top speed so you can use those 10 meter skill days to try and get up to a decent speed by five meters um you know as well you know working on your hand position and stuff but thinking about when you break stuff down like this guys think about which area of the yoke are you weakest at like some people are weakest those first 10 meters it takes them ages to get going um, so that's that's the time when you can fix that basically. Yeah, and then and then a couple of days later, the third session could be starting at something like say it could be one eight one eighty to two hundred kilos, four four sets of forty meters, where you where the focus is on no no time, 
You're not trying to be fast. You're not trying to be speedy. You're just trying to trying to um, accumulate some volume with that time under tension and make sure that you're even if you're just plodding along with it, you're just getting used to that yoke on your back and uh, you're just building up that unilateral conditioning. You like people who, who have like suffer from like shin splints or bad knees or they get back pump or sore shoulders when they're, when they're doing yoke or stuff, use this session to iron it out and, and just try little tweaks in position. Like I did when I did the, the, the one mile yoke stuff and that, like I look back at that and I learned so much but now I've I've learned how to practically get the benefits from that and put it into someone's practical program each week, if you will. Like I've got, got guys that are trained who like who were good at pre, pretty good at heavy yoke, but then moderate weight yoke. They they the they're complaining about like shin splints and bad knees and stuff like that. And I feel like that this is a way that you can that you can improve the conditioning aspect of that rather than just going kind of heavy, if you will. But working at these kind of undulating the intensities or keeping it in simple terms, having a hard, moderate and an easy session on the implement is just so beneficial because all these kind of, if you're, if you're scared when you see 300 yoke written down and you're doing 270, 280, and then your coach has written you a few cues to practice, try hands lower, try hands higher, try squeezing your upper back, try like, fuck me. It's, 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 it's really tough when you're doing like a maximal weight and you're just concentrating on your back, not collapsing or your knees, not snapping on every step. Yeah, you need like, to, the, the heavy sets you need to do, don't you? Yeah, exactly. The heavy sets, you just need to fucking go ham, don't you? And just, just get up for it, turn your tunes on and, and be, be aggressive and not be thinking about all these like kind of little intricacies that you could do with the... Yeah, you do them on the lighter weights. Once they're ingrained, you won't think you'll do. You'll just pick it up, do, and you'll have a, a perfect positions and strides and everything because you've learned them with the lighter weights. Like, no, I always say this, nobody comes in the gym. The first personal trainer they have from fucking DW. Even he knows you don't put 100 kilos on the bar and say, right, Sally, we're going to learn to deadlift. They put maybe like a five plate aside or even a wooden plate to get it the right height. They drill it. But strong men come into yoke and because they've got a bit of a background, they're like, right, let's put 20s on each corner. Oh, that was fast, that. Let's put more 20s on each corner. Yeah, yeah, you're completely right, mate. So... um just going back to the original thing of like say events that are hard to measure. So um, so stuff like say forward hold and crucifix hold and um, stuff like that. Um, like just just have a go instead of instead of thinking right. Well, my comp weight forward holds twenty. Oh fucking hell! I can only imagine. I can only manage twenty thirty seconds or something. I'm going to try and beat that next week. And then you get disappointed week three that you can't just linearly progress, especially when you're not accumulating any work either. You're not going to, you're not going to get any better. Um, it's just going to be by chance. Are you actually like how much fatigue are you carrying basically to how well you're going to do on that? Like um, 
so stuff like say for, forward hold, give yourself a few, give yourself a few options. Like if you're doing, if you're comp weights, if you're six weeks out from a comp and you're doing 20 kilos, like just think, imagine what you're like in your comp mindset where you're 20 kilos, you've got all your kit on, you're smelling salts, you, you're telling you what a superhero you are and all that shit. Like compare that and how you feel, that's probably going to feel like maybe 17-ish in training. Yeah, so maybe you could use the, maybe you could grab a 17.5 dumbbell and use that as your measure and your marker. Stay nice and chilled, get your measure on that. Um, and use that, use that as your as your your hard your hard session. Then you could do 12.5. You could grab a 12.5 where you you go in way past your target. Say say your target for the comp is 40 seconds. Why don't you do some sets of some easy sets of 12.5? doing 50 to 60 seconds, just getting used to multiple sets of that. And, uh, and that, that feeling of that kind of the muscle burn and whatnot. And then maybe do like a moderate set where you moderate session, where you do a few sets at 15 at that kind of 20 to 30 second range. Um, and basically you've given yourself there. If you just pick those three, you've given yourself, depending on how you feel when you go in the gym and when you train, you've given yourself three things that you can kind of, if you try and linearly progress on these three different things, the likelihood is you're probably going to be able to like linearly progress for a few weeks, for at least two, three, four weeks or whatever on a couple of them. And then one of the variables, if that gets hard to progress, so you think, fuck me, I'm maxing here. You just change up that variable a little bit. Yeah, if you do like say 17.5 for three weeks in a row, trying to go a couple of seconds further as on your on your max effort session, and then the third the fourth week you fail, just right, well, I'm gonna change it now. I'm gonna change up the stimulus. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to comp weight, I'm gonna go to 20, but I'm gonna do I'm not gonna go to failure because I'm gonna build on this the next few weeks, and I'm gonna do like an RPE eight set of on 20 where you might do the 20 for 25 seconds where you could have possibly done ground out 30, 35. And then the next week you can kind of build on that, but your other two kind of sessions that are different intensities, you're just linearly progressing from, from, from the first session. Does that make sense, Shane? Yeah. I think it's important to say as well, like when you write these sessions down, like say you did it on yoke and stuff like that, you don't have to do like, say you write heavy Monday. Yeah. And you come in and you feel like crap. Swap it for your lighter skill day. And then if you feel good, do the, do the heavy one. So you don't have to like, a lot of people, I've said this before, where people said, oh, I had uh, this, this uh, thing in my, in my training program and oh, it went terrible. I felt like crap. I was this, I was that. Um, can I redo it on the speed day? Day, I knew it wasn't going to happen and I'm like well just swap it like use a bit of common sense if it feels like absolute crap just uh and, you, and you're doing it once twice three times a week swap swap it out for the lightest the most recovery session that day and and hit it because then you're going to come away from the gym feeling like you've achieved something and feeling like you've progressed instead of coming away with a negative mindset like yeah, I knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen I knew all day it wasn't going to happen I knew when I was warm up it wasn't going to happen I'm like well don't do it then. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Right, we'll wrap it up there. Nice one, Shane.
Great stuff. We'll go, we'll talk about that topic again. There's uh, loads of stuff we can talk about. Right, nice one. Peace out. Peace, mate. Bye.